tuning in to the online broadcast network, AfterBuzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads in over 150 countries and your number one source for after show entertainment. Oh, AfterBuzz TV. The destination for TV superfans. Producing after shows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows. Interviewing celebrities and showrunners. And bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Season 5, Episode 1 of Falling Skies here at AfterBuzz TV. It's called Find Your Warrior, and I found my warrior who's going to co-host this season <laughs> with me. Her name is Lauren Grasso. That is true. Right here I am. It's great to be here. Pleasure to be with you tonight. Well, thank you. Uh, over the years, over the seasons, for those who've been following us for a long time, we've had a lot of great uh, panelists. Unfortunately, um, it didn't quite work out where they could return. They're all, all off on duty doing other after shows that you should definitely check out here on AfterBuzz TV. Um, so it'll be us two this season. Maybe we'll have a couple of people join them. We'll have a couple of guests. You know, we're working on Sarah Drew we're, uh, or Sarah Carter. Uh, Drew Roy, um, and so on and so forth. You know, people that have been here in the past and people that, uh, you know, haven't been here, like yeah. Tom Mason. It would be nice to get him. Oh, yeah. Um, Let's get some Tommy up in here. <laughs> if uh, if you're joining us for the first time, welcome. Uh, feel free to subscribe on YouTube or on iTunes or wherever uh, you like to watch and or listen to us. Um, we do appreciate it. You can, uh, you know, anytime after the show, you can uh, follow us on Twitter at low, low, low. Grow. That's true. Three lows and then a grow. That's I said earlier that three lows makes your garden grow, and Phil looked at me like I was crazy. But, you know, you can find me there on Twitter and Instagram. We'll talk. We'll be friends. That's right. And uh, here at AfterBuzz TV, and don't forget to use the hashtag. Uh, Steven, what's the official hashtag for this? Hashtag ABTV Falling Skies. There you go. It's pretty simple. Sounds ABTV right. Falling Skies. All right. So, um... Let's get into this episode. It's called Find Your Warrior for various obvious reasons. Um, but before we kind of... Uh, let's start with general impressions of this season. Uh, we kind of get the aftermath. We pretty much pick up right where we left off two days, um, as Anne mentions. And, uh, you know, the, the the power ship, the grid is down, and it's chaos. And, and uh, what, how did you feel about this as, as a you know return episode? I thought it was very powerful and jumped right in. I it I think even if you had never been a part of the show, you could have felt the power in mm. watching this episode. Yeah, I, I like it. It's very um, you know, all their episodes are sort of mission based, and especially the, you know, the obviously there's a through line from season to season, and then also within the seasons themselves. Mm -hmm. And you know, I thought this was uh, it, it really did a nice job of kind of filling you in where we're at and where we're going. It was and, a very strong establishing shot of what is happening in the world. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, so there you go. Before we, uh, as mentioned, before we get into the full find your warrior thing, let's uh, let's start with the you know a couple of the uh, smaller relationships that uh, that have continued to develop. So uh, the love triangle between Hal, Ben, and Maggie. Mm -hmm. um, Hal is taking it into his own hands, where he's separating. Uh, ben and, and Maggie and taking no chances there. It's true. How do you how do you feel about this love triangle? 
Well, I mean, it's strange because they're brothers, so brotherly love. It feels weird that they're both, you know, loving the same woman. I get it because they have the connection and the backbone and everything. But uh, that part's awkward, obviously. Um, I also, I feel for Hal, you know, I think we've all, I mean, at least me personally, I've been in a situation where I've wanted to force someone to like me. I tried and it didn't work. And I think that that's what he found when he, he tried to force the situation on Maggie here. Well, the sad part is, you know, Maggie has loved him. You know, they've had their uh, ups and downs, no doubt. But, um... You know, I, I felt a lot of empathy for Hal in the moment where he's saying, you know, I'm, I love you and I love my brother, but I'm telling, you know, I'm cho- telling you if you can just break my brother's heart and choose me. Yeah. And I, I felt that he, he lay, you know, he, he chose his words very carefully. He laid it out. He was being honest. And she just couldn't. I felt yeah. bad. I felt, felt really bad for him. It was kind of that moment where someone says, I love you, but I'm not in love with you. And that is a heartbreaking moment. But that's but but even that I have I have issues with that because she does love him, but it's strictly because of you know uh, this you know the connection you know she can't control that side of her. Mm-hmm. Um, but Maggie as a person, it actually has no meaning for her. Like if she could between she, her and Ben, yes, yeah. If she could choose to not have that connection, like a hundred percent, it's not like. If you just had three people and you had that sort of love triangle where someone's really torn, like, hey, I, I, you know, I like you and I like him and I don't know how to choose, then it's one thing. But this is like, it, she wants to do right by Hal, but she just mm-hmm. can't. Yeah, that's that's a tough situation. I mean, it's completely chemical with this other guy, which is interesting because, you know, sometimes yeah. it feels like the chemistry isn't there between those two. Yeah, but um, we'll we'll have to see where it goes. I don't know. I think right now it looks looks pretty bleak for Hal. It does. I mean, um, how do you feel? Are they are because Hal and Ben came pretty close to blows last season, and and um, you know this season we're starting off where you know hey we got to stick together, but you know one's in well Hal and Maggie are in Team Alpha. He's mm-hmm. on Team Bravo. Ben is. Um, and so right off the bat, you're not, st- as Ben points out, we're not sticking together. No, it's complete hypocrisy Yeah. in that moment. Um, so you think a fight's going to eventually ensue? I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know. I think we'll have to see where it plays out. I think it's going to depend on a lot on how Maggie handles herself. Because mm-hmm. that could just lead their emotions to rise too high and cause them to kind of lose it over each other. Well, yeah, I mean, historically, Maggie's... A let loose, so to speak, like she's let the connection control her. Yeah, mm-hmm. and you know that's you know they've embraced before, so <laughs> they've embraced. They've uh, shared a smooch. They have. <laughs> uh, you know, luckily it's not gone further than that. But uh, you know, make no doubt uh, if you know as Hal's seen it, you can't really tell whether it's just like oh this is just them going through emotion or there's actual emotion in there right i think it you i will have to keep our eyes open for that yeah not sure where it's gonna lead um really quickly i wanted to touch upon uh our our boy our boy matt Mm-hmm. who's not quite a boy anymore. He's 14 now, and uh, he's at the age when Ben was kind of really getting into these things. And uh, obviously part of that is uh, the new mantra from Tom, where, you know, you got to find your warrior. Mm-hmm. You know, everyone, we now's not the time to take your uh, foot off the gas. And so it's very much like, okay, 
if that's what we're if that's what we're preaching, then you know what, Matt, you're old enough to go into war. Mm-hmm. That was wild because he still looks so young to me. So I think I mean, fourteen isn't super young, but it's definitely young to be in combat. Um, but in this world, it's kind of like I, I compare it to Walking Dead. Like Carl had to go to combat way before he should have in his life because of the stakes. So I understand it. Um, and especially if the other brother has been given those privileges at that age. It, it almost seemed like when the mom or not his mom, but, you know, basically his mother figure and was leaving to go to the the battle. He she said to him, oh, no, you stay at camp. And. It was just almost like it was just such an old habit to tell him to stay behind that when... Um, but it, but it, it was also interesting, you know, because instinctually, like, you know, she's represented... Because we'll talk about Anne and, and verse Tom, but it's, yeah. it's a very motherly thing to do. Right. She wants to protect. And the best way to protect is to not have him be involved at all. But Tom then realizes, well, maybe we don't have to keep to this pattern. Maybe he is ready. Yeah. Do you do you think he is ready? Because I mean, um, they kind of touched upon it very loosely. But um, after seeing, yeah, you know, after Team Charlie is in that battle, which we'll talk, you know, a little bit more in length. But um, you know, seeing kind of their comrade die, I forget his name, um, the one who had the explosive in his backpack. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, that sort of did scar him. Or the fact that, you know, they thought this was just a uh, walk-in-the-park type mission, and all of a sudden they're being ambushed, and he's like, whoa, I might not be ready. Yeah, I don't think anyone's ever ready to see something like that, let alone a child who wants everything to work out, and you you have, you know, clear eyes. Obviously, he's been a little bit scarred from the lifestyle he's been living yeah. for the past few years, but uh, I don't think he was ready. And he also looked very unsure when he was shooting. I was surprised yeah. that they let him go that gun-ho with machine guns. Right off the bat. Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, um, two things come to mind. <clears throat> and if you've never seen either, uh, I encourage you guys to check it out. But, um, I think it's in the third Matrix when the kid, he's, you know, he gets told, like, hey, he's 16 and minimal age is 18. He says, you know, uh, the machines don't care how old or young I am. They'll kill me just the same. Right. Mm. And so, Matt, being 14, yeah, it doesn't, you know, they'll kill him just the same. We, right. We've, we've seen that. Um, another great movie is Atonement where, uh, you know, how old do you have to be to really take, uh, you know, be responsible for your con uh, for consequences and things like that. So uh, I, I thought that tied in very much with, with Ben. And I, I Or not with Ben, I'm sorry, Matt. And I hope they uh, continue to develop that of how it really, you know, affects him. Because mm -hmm. we, we've kind of seen it with Ben and, and Hal. But, uh, you know, it's it's been slightly overlooked, you know, and I really hope that we get a chance to kind of really explore it with, with Matt, because he's the youngest, you know, and Lexi, who was the youngest, quickly became the oldest because of her growth spur and, uh, <laughs> and alien connections and everything else. Yeah. Well, I think it's never going to hurt him to know how to be prepared because he could be the last man on Earth one day and have to be defending the entirety of the human race. So yeah. let's we, get that kid prepared. Yeah, that's a good point because we, you know, last season we, we've seen Hal step up as a commanding officer. Um, and so, you know, and Ben's had kind of his moments every now and then. So it'd be cool to, to see Matt in that sort of role. I mean, they all have leadership skills, you know, obviously through Tom, but Anne, Anne's showing some, some stuff too. Anne's showing some great stuff. She's showing the warrior with a side of compassion. 
as women do so well. <laughs> yes. It's true. It's true. The yin and the yangs. The yin and the yangs. Yeah. I um I really thought that scene with her stabbing <laughs> the alien yeah. was very interesting. We both reacted to that. We did. Yeah. We did. And we'll, uh, we'll talk about We'll get that. to that. Just a little teaser That's for the right. folks at home. Um, let's start with uh, kind of what, what kicks this off. Uh, the initial memory. We won't call it a dream. Although we've seen dream sequences in the past, you know, especially from Tom, he's known for them, but uh, certainly other people as well. But this is a memory. Um, it's with Rebecca. It's back in Boston. And, uh, you know, the the conversation they're having is very symbolic, right? The cancer. We've got to fight the cancer. Well, the cancer's mm-hmm. a monster. Okay, well, clearly they're talking about the aliens. Mm-hmm. Um, and Roosevelt is tied in there. And initially I thought, uh, without getting too close, uh, I, I thought the, 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 the statue... The bust. What, yeah, that w- was was Roosevelt because that's you know um, we must not be afraid. You know the thing that uh, that was said in the beginning of the episode. Yeah, and who can tell with one of those things? Really, the guys kind of all look the same from a distance. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but it's Woodrow Wilson. Um, it had no meaning until later on, obviously. But um, but just in general, to, to to open up with that, how did you uh, you know what were your initial thoughts? Oh, I thought it was creepy because we knew there was something greater at play during that scene. So the whole time there was just an undercurrent of like, well, what's this going to mean? I don't know. I don't know. But we came to realize it was obviously a metaphor for the aliens and how he really has to step up to the plate. Um, it, it was fascinating. I wish I would have written down more of the quotes from her conversation to him because I think they will all be coming into play as he goes and becomes this great warrior against yeah. this alien force. Yeah, and, you know, part of the whole reason why I want to dissect this, because, you know, as you mentioned, it's going to all come into play, and the biggest question is, how and why is he having these these visions? Mm-hmm. Uh, and why with, uh, it was Rebecca? Yeah. Is her name? Why with Rebecca specifically? Do you have any thoughts on that? Because it's... Um, you know, it's someone that obviously he knows, but then as he's kind of having flashbacks, I think it's Anne that appears because she, she has traits of Anne, but not quite because obviously, we're, you know, Anne deep down is more motherly. Right. So she would never say like, hey, go after rage and become this warrior. Um, so, I, you know, it, it's it, I don't know. It's it's tough. Um, and part of it is by having Rebecca it obviously symbolizes a separation from Tom and Anne's thinking, mm, you know, because that's interesting. Um, you know, they're not on the same page, and it seemed a little hurtful for him to even bring up. Yeah, he uh, seemed her to name. be dancing around that issue, didn't you think? Yeah, it, it was mm-hmm. a little strange. Yeah, like he felt he cheated or something in his dreams. Yeah, <laughs> or so, his memories. His, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that was very interesting. I don't know. And then when the water burst in. The water was obviously him. Realizing that he's been plunged into the the ocean. ocean. Yeah, Mm -hmm. which is very Inception-esque. Yeah, crazy. Uh, I didn't know if that was real or not, actually, when it was happening. Yeah, we we didn't get it until later on when... When Anne's ready to give her speech and she's giving it that, uh, that we realize that it's really, you know, Tom alive and we you know we who knows we could have thought that tom was dead and this was just his dream but uh but i'm glad that they kind of got right into the the thick of things and it's like no tom tom's very much alive and we're not going to like try and fool you in any sort of way mm-hmm. um but yeah i i think even even weaver is very much confused and and kind of right now 
they're containing, you know, Tom in this way and protecting him from the rest. But uh, but especially especially when uh, you know Pope once he really gets going, he's mm-hmm. always the skeptic and he has a loud mouth. So he's going to spread this information of like Tom's doing this and where people already hate Lexi. It's weird that, you know, he went on, as Pope says, he went on a one-way trip to the moon. And and then, like, lands back there two days later. Just walks into town. Yeah, I mean... No blood even on him. Yeah, it's, it, it is very <laughs> suspicious. And especially, like, you have... There's no explanation. You can't give me an explanation. You're just walking about without right. saying two things. How did he get there, though? Because one minute he was in that forest, and then he was just home. I, I wonder where that huge body of water was. And how far he traversed. <laughs> I mean, they're, they're in Massachusetts, um, so there's there's water everywhere. You know, I, I think the bigger question that I have um, is, will we get to fully find out what actually happened? Mm-hmm. I think we have to. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think there's a lot more to the story than what we know right now. Something is there any creepy ch- crawly. Is there any <laughs> chance... That Lexi is alive in any, like, even just in any form, I don't know. I think so. I'm always going to be the optimist, though, Pollyanna, like, hoping the best. So I think so because I hope so, and that's what I want to be true. In reality, it's probably, like, 80% dead, 20% alive. But it would be so much more interesting if she was alive, don't you think? It would certainly bring a whole new element to Tom and Anne, because uh, obviously Tom takes away the necklace, you know, mm-hmm. the the three <coughs> the three circles, and obviously that's symbolic of Lexi, um, and so to have her come back, that, that would be very interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, How but, do you think it would change their relationship? I mean, you know, I, I, I thought Anne would be a little bit more... Um, curious and shocked to see tom back Mm -hmm. you know i thought i thought she was a little subdued if someone kissed my shoulder who i thought was probably dead while i was sleeping i would have screamed she was just like hey babe what's going on let's kiss i would have been like raw especially with aliens being all around so i was very shocked that she didn't karate chop him as a first instinct but i get that she was happy he was there yeah and i think um I think part, then part of that, you know, if Lexi does manage to show up in some sort of weird way, Tom can maybe be a little bit more empathetic. And he, he I think that's what ultimately could bring Anne and Tom onto the same page. It's mm-hmm. like, whoa, you know, because, hey, the feelings that the, the thoughts and emotions I had when you came back, Tom, mm-hmm. um, now you're having with Lexi. And so, you know, they can we'll see. sympathize or empathize with each other more in that way. Yeah. Right now, Tom's all about... Uh, all about the mission. His main love seems to be to destroy. Destroy anything that stands in his way. Not yep. not his love, obviously. But By the way, fans at home, uh, <laughs> you know, if you're watching, uh, feel free to comment, whether live or, or after the fact of whether or not you think we're crazy for even thinking that Lexi is still alive. It, you know? I mean, some of you guys may be like, what are you talking about? She's 100% dead. I'm sure they won't hold back. They never do. Very vocal, those Very kids vocal. on the YouTube. <laughs> they are, they are. And um, so, yeah, let, let us know. Yeah, let us know. I mean, I hope she is. I know that it's unrealistic, but I just think it'd be so nice to have the fam back together. I mean, it was, unre- I mean, a whole different dynamic. I mean, it was going to be unrealistic to have Tom dead. Right. Right. Uh, I mean, he's the main character, but imagine if that was the case and what. So, 
I don't know. Stranger things can happen. It's true. So, um, but what, what's your what's your thoughts on this season of uh, Tom and, and and Anne? Because I think they're reunited, but trouble afoot. Just the way he criticized her for killing that alien was interesting. I think um, she feels something is up. She feels this is a different man who has come back to me. Obviously, you commented on several times how he has never been this filled with rage. He's always been someone to err more on the side of being peaceful, doing everything you can to protect your tribe, but at the same time being as peaceful as you possibly can be. At this point, he's totally gone over to the other side where I think Anne is still on the side of let's be as peaceful as we can be while still protecting. So I think they just have differences in mantras at this point, and it's going to be if maybe they can come together and compromise. Also, he's been through something weird and he's not fully sharing this this thing he's been through because maybe he doesn't even know what he's gone through yeah so i don't, I don't think a- very much you know i mean the whole woodrow wilson thing i mean it doesn't it's it's only upon once they're going through everything that he's like oh yeah yeah, yeah. that makes sense and i'm sure there'll be lots of other times where he'll just have a something come back to him flash back to him and he'll remember but i think she senses that there's a lot that he's not telling him maybe because he doesn't know himself but that's putting kind of a wedge between them yeah and it's tough to um you know, as much as Anne said that she doesn't know if she can forgive Lexi, I think deep down she can. And that was that was ultimately their connection. Right. You know, Lexi's their only true daughter. Mm-hmm. I thought that was a strange thing for a mother to say because most parents, I feel, no matter what their kids have done, would say, I'll always love you. And, you know, I don't know. I, I thought that was kind of interesting to hear. They were, yeah, I mean, granted, they were through, they've been through a lot. Right. But, uh, but absolutely. You know, part of that, I think, was the, was the coping mechanism and, you know, to, for Tom and Lexi, but, but now that Tom's back in the picture, I think it's very much like, okay, you know, hey, there's still the, you know, we're back together. There's still the memory of our daughter, too. Right. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it's, uh, you know, obviously she want she loves that Tom's back, but she's in some ways feels it's unfair that Lexi's not. I don't know. Mm-hmm. That's, that's interesting. That could be true too. Hmm. See, and that's why I mean, I, again, crazy theory, but you know, that <laughs> I don't Lexi think that's a crazy up. theory. I mean, I can see a parent being resentful, like, why did you live and our daughter didn't? Yeah, I don't think she's. Necess- I wouldn't use resentful as the word, mm-hmm. but I get what you're going for, and that's why I do think you know Lexi could be the bridge to, to get him back on the same page right. again. If that would, they it- always say though, don't have a child to save a marriage, so maybe don't bring your child back from the moon to save it either. Maybe <laughs> we'll find out. We'll find time will tell. Um, but what did you? You know, I mean, I thought uh, initially until we got later in the episode, I thought Tom. And Anne, like I thought, Anne's speech to everybody was very, you know, <coughs> it wasn't uh, as rage-filled as Tom's, but there, but on the surface, there the same the same message was getting across. Like, hey, we have to act now, and we have to be proactive, and because we got to win this war. Right, and a lot was said about not forgetting those who have given their lives for this war, for our cause. So they're both saying the same things, just going about it in a different way. I found Anne's speech actually more inspiring, personally, because I do err on the side of, you know, let's do what we have to do, but still be as peaceful as possible. 
Um, I understand where he's coming from, though, and I do respect that laser-like vision. I think it's undeniable that when you focus on something that much, you will succeed. Um, but yeah, it is interesting. But it can cloud you. It can. It can cloud you because then you can't see anything else. And there might be something really important over there, but if you're just looking here, you're going to miss that. Yeah. And it could kill you. I mean, uh, yeah, absolutely. We'll talk about the bug at the end. I mean, that you didn't see that. You know, I I want to rewatch that little moment again because I'm very. uh, It's. We'll see. Hopefully, next episode that will kind of get answered, or obviously he's kind of keeping quiet about it as to what's happening. But right, I was actually confused about that too. Not Uh, sure. So, fans, let us know your opinion on that because. I think that'll dictate a lot of the stuff that we've been theorizing about the memories and, and, and the visions. Yeah, please let us know. If you have some, like, very strong insight about it, I would love to read. Um, so let's let's talk about, uh, you know, as it plays out in the first mission, right? We, we spoke very much. Let's start with Team Charlie, right? That's Tom and Anne's okay. group. And... Uh, obviously, there's, there's, you know, the Alpha and Bravo. They kind of have an easy go at it. We later, obviously, play out the five mile radius. That that the, that's where an Overlord is. But in terms of this, Tom chooses to, you know, put the detonators, you know, on the woods and on our fallen comrade. Whereas mm-hmm. Anne, you know, she, as as you mentioned, she she's very. She wants, I forget her exact word, but she wants to see the into and know who she was killing. Right. Um, She's doing a compassionate murder. Yeah, and and uh, you know, you and I both looked at you and we said we have to talk about this. Yeah. So, opening thoughts on your end. Oh, it was so interesting. It was almost like she was near a dying animal, telling it that it was going to be okay. The way she was doing, while she was still stabbing it, granted, but she was like, "That's all right. Let it go. Let it happen." Whatever she was saying, but she was really looking into the being's eyes, and it was, it was very telling of the kind of human being she is. I thought very mm-hmm. compassionate, um, but wanting to to know who she was. If she's going to be killing this thing, this being, she wants to know who she's killing and and to look it in the eyes and not be a coward about it. Even yeah, and you know, uh, obviously Tom is told to channel his primal rage, mm-hmm. and you know, it's so far it's. I mean, you could say it's getting him results. It's getting him results for sure. Um, we don't know what the costs will be yet, though. Well, so far, two dead. Mm-hmm. Okay, you know, there's Denny, and then there's um, this person who I can't remember. Sorry, R.I.P. Unnamed man. <laughs> yes. Um. So I'm pretty sure that's it, at least for this episode. Yes, definitely. Um. And so, yeah, I mean, I. What did you think of that moment, though, with her stabbing? Part of it is, I don't know, sometimes there's like an exploration when when you just, uh, for some reason, you don't quite know why, but you disagree with somebody, mm-hmm. despite how much you may love them. So Anne loves Tom, but she's seeing his speech, you know, and he holds up the severed head. Um, she sees what he does here. So, you know, I don't know if she can articulate the difference. Because, again, as I mentioned, their goals on paper are the same. Absolutely. It's just a matter of syntax. 
but, but I don't know if she knows how to articulate the difference of of the method. And so, you know, in some ways she might be like trying to prove a point just to explore if she even can. I don't know. I get that feeling for sure. Because he even criticized her right after it. it was like, what were you doing there? Taking your time, stabbing that thing out while he's going with the machine guns and trying to blow up basically this whole part of the forest to kill all those guys. So I think she was definitely trying to prove a point there. Yeah, and, you know, was she right? I don't know. Were more lives lost or saved by her doing this? I don't think. I, you know, the, I don't think at so. the end result, again, it is the same. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like that unnamed soldier <laughs> would have died regardless. <laughs> Poor guy. Uh, it just was what it was. Yeah. Because he died before she was in her little yeah. stabby fest. Also, sorry, just to go back for a minute. I couldn't believe he had that head in his backpack for that long. I was completely disgusted when he pulled it out. You're talking about Tom during his speech? Yeah. Yeah, well. That was wild. He, he, uh... He really wanted to prove a point because he can't use that backpack again without a good washing. That's it. Just you know, um, in some ways, it goes back to literally like history, right? If you kind of take take a look at history, I mean, that's that's what the Greeks and all the you know, yeah. uh, reminded me of Game of Thrones. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, you know, he was told to to channel his primal rage, and and by doing that, I mean it's very. Take whatever you want. Take uh, take the orcs from Lord of the Rings. Take uh, three hundred. Take any of these like more fighter, y- mm-hmm. y- you know, uh, primitive type things and uh, stories rather. And that's what he did. Whereas, uh, you know, if you look at kind of more current history, I don't care if it's the uh, the American Revolution, the Civil War, and things like that. I don't have examples where you showcase the severed head. No. And so as a society, they are regressing? I don't know. It's true. Well, you have to become more primal when your luxuries are taken away, I guess, you know? But even so, like, I mean, well, I guess you I, You s- don't have to, but I think it's natural. How yeah. about that? It's natural to become more primal and to revert. Maybe. I mean, again, you could. You, this could be a, a philosopher's dream to argue this all day. Um <laughs> But I think, you know, it's one of those interesting things, you, you know, you, and I, I'm not really a history guy and I'm not really a war guy, so, but how many, you know, you could cite Vietnam of when people just, you know, did crazy stuff, um, uh, however you want to term it, but, you know, they would, they would do atrocious acts. Mm-hmm. And even, it, uh, you know, whether Iraq or whatever, um, on both sides where, you know, you got people severing heads and, and shooting dumb videos and, and whatever else and, and doing these acts just basically out of rage because they've lost their sense of right oh. and wrong. Yeah. And and humanity, I guess, for lack of a better term, you know, and despite, you know, who, despite you being at odds with someone, still having, as Anne did, that, that little bit of compassion. Mm-hmm. You know, like, yeah, we have to do what's necessary. But, uh, you know, you don't have to go that extra step. As he says, we have to overkill. Yeah, he's turning cold. So uh, let us know whose side you're on. Who do you think is right, Tom or Anne? Maybe the, I mean, like you said, it's the same goal, just different methods. 
Maybe they need to meet in the middle. I think so. I think so. That's usually the answer. Um, Team Alpha, they get uh, many birds with one stone, so I like that. Yes, that was Hal's team, right? Yep. Mm -hmm. Hal's team, Team Bravo, found out uh, that there was only enough energy in in those guys for just the scarum, and then after that, nothing. Yep. Those Uh, guys looked like big robots. They did. Big uh, bats. Um, I forget his name. Why am I blanking on it? But um, but the guy he, he he's the one who said um, you know, so much opportunity, so little time. You know, he's the guy last season who uh, you know, he was our electrician for lack of uh, other term. Even though I know uh, in Tom's new regime, we're forgetting the fact that we're doctors and we're lawyers and electricians. We're all warriors. Find right. your warrior. Um. Which I think, you know, if you look at it that way, that in itself, you know, I think is incorrect because then, you know, even last season, you need someone who knew, uh, who had knowledge of electricity and how it works. So that way they could do these various things. Like you still, even in war, you need whatever. I'll just go to the extreme. You need graphic designers. You need <laughs> print guys. Like, you yeah, know what I mean? Like, gotta the, design how- your uniforms. Well, how many no. times do you see those, uh, um, you know, Marine Army commercials of like, hey, you know, uh, we need everyone. That's yeah. what they're saying. I get what you're saying, but I think, again, it goes back to that concept of their humanity being taken away. It's like kind of all individuality is being washed away, and they're just united for one specific mission. Yeah. In the way Tom's thinking. Yeah. So, and that. Uh, so then on the second mission. When uh, we we discover that okay, well we don't discover we just think that they're at Woodrow Wilson High, mm-hmm. um, and they are, you know, yes. so they kill out this. The, but uh, a lot of a lot of things happen here. We get the uh, we get the bleachers, we get Denny right. dead, and then we get Ben, um, Ben and and uh, Tom. Yes, let's start with the bleachers. That was scary. Yeah. I did not like seeing that because I've always had a fear when sitting on bleachers that something weird is going to like grab my leg through the hole. So that was terrifying because all my fears were coming true. <laughs> but at least they got all those guys. They did. I mean, uh, what were those ones? Were those, did we ever find out? I think, I think they were at first, um, before the commercial break, it looked like in some weird way they were, they were like, eggs and things like that but i it looks they, slimy they, they, yeah um i think in the end they 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 were just skitters okay i don't know i i, I don't think there was more to it than that um then obviously with the pool and you know it's it's whenever you start to get separated that things go bad and you had anthony and denny and then denny and anthony ironically separated because she was kind of more in the entrance way and that's when uh, because she was trying to protect him yeah. She was like, I got to keep an eye on you. And that's when she got yeah. dragged down the hall to her death. I kind of predict, you know, I thought it would come from up top because they kept looking down into the pool. Yeah, that would have been a cool visual. Next yeah. time, Falling Skies. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you got to talk to Phil first. He's got all the ideas. <coughs> that's right. Aliens on the ceiling. Um, But... Which is, I mean, should, let me ask you this, um, and we can, it's not ultimately really that important, but should, okay. should Anthony have shot, uh, because I know he, he was trying to not hit Denny, obviously. Right. But that letter 
to her death regardless. So do you just take that shot? When she was getting pulled out the window by the alien? Yeah, while while she's still alive, knowing that if you miss or if it moves, you could potentially kill Denny. Yeah, because she's going to die anyway, so why not try, you know? Yeah, because, I mean, at this point, I think part of the whole reason why he is the way he is, he's just thinking, like, I didn't do anything. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, in in the sense of find your warrior, that's what's going to really fuel him where he's now... He looked hardened in that last shot. He did. He looked like he was ready to join Tom. And that's, to me, that's the scary part, because now I think he's, just like Tom, was not afraid to kill the Overlord. Um, now, even though Tom says, like, the, the most that Ben will get is a headache from this, and that ended up being the case, but I think Tom and now Anthony very much, they'll ask, you know, the, write the term, you know, uh, shoot first, ask questions later type thing, where, mm-hmm. the, you know... If Denny's there or not, I'm shooting for this thing. If I get Denny, like, that's what I think it's going to be in the future. And uh, I think, you know, there's going to be some uh, friendly fire type stuff. Absolutely. It's impossible not to. I mean, when unless you're a perfect shot, which, you know, God bless, but I don't think most people are. But, yeah, if you're just trying to kill the alien and the alien's got your friend, good chance you're going to get your friend and the alien. Or maybe just your friend, which is a terrible thought. So, there's always a chance when you're at war. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I think that this was uh, quite the defining episode. Uh, ben and Tom, interestingly enough, they didn't they didn't really have too much of a moment after the Overlord was killed. No. Um, it was just kind of very... It was strange, actually, I thought. Yeah. You would think that he would have hugged him or, you know, they would have exchanged words. I don't know if um, if Ben was just in so much aftershock from the headache that he wasn't able to really communicate, but I thought that was a strange moment. I thought, well, I think it's purposely strange because it just shows how much Tom... Has changed? Has changed, and he's like, you know what? You're fine. Let's move on. There's, you know, there, you weren't in any real danger. It's very black and white. Yeah. So I think uh, I think we'll see a little bit more of that. Um, I think we'll see a lot more. That's right. Till it reaches a breaking point. Any other uh, things that we missed from the episode that you feel we need to discuss? Um, Let's see. Anything at all? Got all these notes. Pope. And by the way, for those of you at home. Pope is very attractive. I just wanted to put that out there. Hello, Pope. Good job out of you on your face. Uh, A lot of women (laughs) agree. Yes, they do. so, and by, you know, if there's anything that you think we missed, um, as you're watching and or listening, just, uh, just drop us a line. Like I said, you know, we're here, we're here to get the conversation going, but not necessarily end it. We like to continue it offline and interact with you guys. So definitely, um, talk with us more there. Oh, I thought this was interesting. This is just kind of like a factoid for us to keep in sure. mind for the future that overlords can control skitters within a five mile radius. Yes. So I think that was new information tonight. Yes. Oh, and, uh, okay, I remember this because we would have been eaten alive for this. Um, there's 317 militias in the world. Oh, the yes! Biggest, the Amazing! Biggest in Sao Paulo, um, Arizona, and I forget, uh, Cape Town, South Africa. Yeah. Was it Phoenix, Arizona? No, no, it was Tuscan, Arizona. Tucson. Tucson. Yeah, together... Yes. Teamwork makes a dream work. We said that a couple of times today. So if these guys can all band together, I mean, by the end of this thing, we could really have a fighting chance. 
Yeah, and you know, as they as Coachy said, uh, they're lacking they're lacking um, a leader mm-hmm. and communication. You know, they, there's no way to communicate with them, and so uh, it'll be interesting how fast uh, we can we can get to these guys and re, and re, you know, I think obviously Tom's going to be the the leader in all of this. Um, I think that's what Cochise was hinting at. Like, hey, you got to pick up the slack. Yeah. Also thought um, what Cochise said after they had their first mission. And he's like, you've got tired soldiers. I thought that was kind of a foreshadowing of what's to come. I wasn't sure if it would be in this episode or in the future. But he's not paying attention to, again, any obstacles. He's just focusing on the goal. Yeah. And, um, and that might come to... Bite them in the bum in the future. Yeah, that's that's a very very good point. Um, you know, especially right now they have no vehicles, right? So they're they're doing all all of this on foot. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll see. Number one, if they can get com- how fast they can get communication with all these different militias, and then secondly, you know, if that brings about vehicles and you know even maybe aircraft. I don't know supplies of some sort. Yes. Um, so that's what we got. Um, we have. Very, uh, we have some slight, I guess we'll call it news and gossip. We can call it that. (laughs) So this is just about Sarah Carter, a.k.a. Maggie, correct? Yeah, she's just saying farewell to the falling skies. She's very sad, and I've got a little quote from her. She says, it was really sad. I didn't know I would feel as much as I did making the last episodes. She says, we are reading the scripts for one of the last shows, and I got so emotional that I had to get up from the table. So, obviously, this cast is real tight-knit. They've really enjoyed working together. And um, who knows, these episodes themselves may be, and I'm guessing probably will be, very emotional as well. Yeah, I mean, they have to be. I mean, uh, this, the whole, th- one of the biggest themes of Falling Skies has always been family. I mean, it's it's Steven Spielberg's show. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's going to be always ever-present. And I think, you know, we, we've had a lot of people die in the past. I don't know. I think we might get a sacrifice. Who knows what's going to happen. Oh, you just made me think of Game of Thrones again. <laughs> don't spoil it Terrible. For I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. But that, oh, that would be terrible. But I hope that doesn't happen. So we'll find out. But yeah, this this is obviously the final season. Um, so one way or another, the war is, the war is going to end, whether good or bad. But something's going to happen. I think. It I think overall, does. Good. let's get on to predictions. And now you're after Buzz TV predictions. I thought it was interesting that they didn't do kind of a full season preview. Typically, they tend to. I thought that was interesting as well. They did more of a here's what's coming up next episode type thing. And after seeing that, I have no idea what the hell's coming up next episode. Yeah. I don't even fully remember what that preview was. (laughs) I think I was still focused on what I'd just seen. Yeah. Yeah, I think um, a lot of um, the skitters and stuff, they were kind of attacking. (coughs) The whole point of this episode, you know, and even Hal says it to Weaver, like, you know, hey, we should be out there attacking. So Hal kind of shares Tom's mentality. But they were they were still building out the barracks and, and whatever else. And so it's good that hopefully that they finished, which seems like they did, because now they're, they're being ambushed on their own. Yes. And we'll see if that cause how much damage that's going to cause. 
you know, it's one thing to like, if you just keep going straight and forward, but you know, knowing that you're going to get beat up along the way, but now you can't plan for everything. Yeah. So we'll see, you know, um, I, th- I think that'll be interesting. I, I really like, uh, I'm hoping to see a lot of battles this, this season. I think you'll get your wish. I think so. I think they're coming your way. I uh, I think that Tom is going to reach a breaking point with this new mentality where he's going to have to make a choice. And he'll either have to give in to his emotional side a little bit or he'll completely go over to his dark side. Yeah, and I think the, the Suns might be able to save him, save him. And it might be interesting while while Hal and Ben are duking it out over Maggie, it, it would be interesting to see if it's, it's Matt who who says like hey pick any president i don't know it'll be interesting to see what they come up with like hey when he when this person won the war he didn't go about it this way you can't win and it's like oh yeah right so i always like when they bring in history as a as a as a propellant forward and that might be good too because it'll remind him of his former life where he's saying you're not that anymore but maybe they can appeal to that person that he used to be to bring him back exactly all right, that about does it for us here at AfterBuzz TV. Thank you guys for watching, listening, all that. Uh, you guys have been great over the years. And if you are new, welcome. Hope you enjoyed it. Um, let us know how perhaps we can improve. Uh, you can follow us here at AfterBuzz TV, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all that stuff. Or, or, or subscribe, rate, and comment on iTunes, YouTube, any of that stuff. Um, also, for more uh, direct communication, you can... Follow. Find me on Twitter and Instagram at Lolo Logro and Facebook.com slash Lauren Legrasso. And uh, I'm Phil Sweet Tech. Thank you guys for joining us. We'll see you next Sunday for episode two. Thank you. From executive producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. later. The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.